Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Vintage Matches Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Johnson. On each episode of this podcast, I will pick a sporting event from history and examine it through today's lenses. For today's show, we look back on Game 6 of the 2003 NLCS between the Florida Marlins and the Chicago Cubs. If you know anything about baseball, you probably think of this National League Championship Series contest as the Steve Bartman game. As we will discuss later, that moniker is a bit unfair, but it makes for easy shorthand, so I understand why people stick with it. This is one of the most iconic baseball games of the 21st century, but how did the two teams get there? The Chicago Cubs won 88-74 and in the regular season, winning the National League Central by a game of the Houston Astros. The Florida Marlins went 91-71 and finished second in the NL East by 10 games to the Atlanta Braves. Florida's 91 wins were enough to nab the NL wildcard spot as they were set to face NL MVP Barry Bonds and the 100-win San Francisco Giants in the NLDS. The Marlins lost the first game of their best-of-five division series to the Giants before winning three straight to upset the team from the Bay Area. Game three was a classic, with the Marlins winning 4-3 after 11 innings. On the other side of the bracket, the Chicago Cubs faced the outstanding Atlanta Braves. The team split the first four games of the series, setting up a winner-take-all game five in the A. Kerry Wood got the start for Chicago as the Cubbies came out on top, 5-1. This set up a surprise NLCS of Cubs versus Marlins. Despite having a worse regular season record, the Cubs had home field advantage in, in the series due to the fact that they had won their division. Florida took Game 1 in a wild 9-8 game that took 11 innings to complete. The Cubs bounced back with three straight wins to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. In the final game of the series in Florida, the Marlins beat the Cubs 4-0 behind an absolutely masterful complete game shutout by Josh Beckett. This set up a Game 6 back in Chicago with massive stakes. If the Cubs won, they would play in the World Series for the first time since 1945, with a chance to win the whole thing for the first time since 1908. If the Marlins won, it was on to a Game 7. So come back with me to October 14, 2003, in Chicago, Illinois, for Game 6 of the 2003 NLCS between the Chicago Cubs and the Florida Marlins. Okay, welcome back to Vintage Matches, and I am joined again by my brother Austin Johnson, so welcome back to the show. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, okay, let's just go right into this game. Uh, this was really fun to watch the mm-hmm. broadcast. We'll, we'll put a link in the last uh, podcast episode. I put a link uh, to the video that we watched in the show notes, and I'll do that again for this one. But this is a really fun game to watch. Uh, I think the first thing that stood out was how quick the gameplay was, yes. as opposed to some of the more modern baseball games. Mark Pryor was the starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, and Carl Pavano was the starting pitcher for the Florida Marlins. And uh, they both worked pretty quickly, and I thought the game flowed really, really well. Yeah, extremely well. I, I just recently got back into baseball now uh, after like a decade hiatus <laughs> of not really watching games and paying attention but the difference in how, how long these games take now which I, I wish they would go to just seven innings uh versus this 2003 this playoff game this intense nlcs game six and mark Pryor, yeah he pitches it seems like nine pitches in the time like it takes you know now for like 12 to 15 pitches it's, it's really almost double uh, how quickly he's moving through his stuff uh, and just not really showing any sign of like, you know, com- complaining or kind of like frustration. He's just going and it, watching Mark, Mark Pryor in this game is, is beautiful. is is beautiful to see, but Carl Pavano is keeping up with him. He held his own. Yeah. Held his, and then when D train comes in, uh, he, he throws it really fast. That's kind of like one of his strategic things he did was yeah. he tried to go as fast as he could. Uh, and I, I prefer that for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we should talk about our, kind of our baseball like history. I, I actually really like baseball. And I, I grew up, I never played at, at all in my life, but I watched a lot. Like even as a kid, I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of nine-year-old kids that are sitting there watching nine-inning baseball games, but we really did watch a lot. We had neighbors that played and we would play in our, our street a lot. And then yeah. we, we would go watch a ton. 
and this is kind of an era. So if, I, I would think maybe like nine for me, I'm obviously a little bit older than you, but like 98 to like 08, probably. I watched a lot of baseball. I played the MVP baseball video game all the time. Oh, yeah. uh, then that went away. So I started playing 2K baseball. Like I, I really loved this game and would go to games. We've been to games in probably seven or eight different cities. Um, but then I got into soccer and played more and more basketball, obviously growing up. And, and I think I just realized I don't have time to follow all these things as close as I want to. And so I kind of just focused on the basketball and soccer side of it. But this era of baseball, I was surprised at how much I remembered about yeah. the players and yeah. the, you know just everything about it, and and obviously the situation you know in, in two thousand three with you know the crazy champion championship series in both uh, uh, conferences or leagues, I should say. It's, yeah, it's not uh, it's not basketball, but uh, <laughs> yeah. there's my basketball side to kicking in. But yeah, I, I was surprised at how much I remembered and how much I really liked baseball at this time. And I kind of wish I still had the time to watch a lot of it, but it's like I just there's only so much time in a day, so it's like I got to kind of focus. Yeah, things. I can keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's basketball and soccer for me. And then I, you know, when I have time, I can kind of watch this. But did that strike you at all as you were watching this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, I, I, I bet every single day with a with a friend on every single baseball game just for really low amounts, like just for fun for like a dollar 50 cents sometimes. And it's gotten me back into knowing what's going on, knowing who's good in each each league, each division. Uh, and has caused me to really I really like watching the San Diego Padres. Now they're really exciting. They remind me of some of these teams that I, that I liked in the early two thousands, but, but I'm, I'm the same. I probably, for me, it would be, I vividly remember the 2002 world series between the giants and the angels. And then I vividly remember this season, 2003, cause I loved this Marlins team. Uh, and, and all the way till, yeah, till that 07 Red Sox and 08, I think the Phillies, the Phillies won. Yeah. That's when I also remember kind of, okay. Um, this, this takes up way too much time. If I actually want to be a purist, like I do with every other thing I, I I follow and watch, it's going to take hours of watching every night and literally every night because there's always baseball on. When when baseball is going, it's 162 games and they play every single night. There's games going on no matter what. And to really keep up with that is you kind of have to put other things on hold. And I'm not willing I'm not willing to do that with the other things. For for me, definitely basketball, uh, definitely soccer on the weekends. You know that kind of takes over on Saturday and Sunday, and then of course Champions League during you know. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Europa League. Th- I just care about that more. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you you think about uh, how we have become adults uh, through this 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 decade, the 2010s. Uh, how much great TV is out there? How many awesome movies and all these streaming services that are at, at our disposal at all times? It just it's hard to find time for the baseballs and the hockey's and the other the other sports that I really respect. I really like, and there was a time when I watched a lot. But I just I just can't fit it in. I can't fit it in to my my life schedule. Yeah, it's simply a matter of time. And, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I I still kind of wish like I've watched a little bit of the World Series last year. I remember thinking like, man, this would be really fun to yeah. still know everything that's going on. So like, I know some of the names, but like, I yeah, I'm not sitting there watching like you know day in and day out like following kind of what's going on. I don't even know like who won like MVP last year. You know what I mean? It's like I don't yeah like, yeah I know it's like mean. very big stuff. It's like I don't even think about it anymore. Like like Otani, I just learned about him like like yeah. three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, like, wait, the Japanese guy. This is amazing. This is... guy's pitching and, and batting in the all-star game. Like, that's so yeah. cool, you know? And he's, like, leading the league in home runs. It, that's it awesome. I feel like there's a bit of a – and I've heard other people say this like, on podcasts and stuff. This like there's a bit of a comeback. Like, baseball thing, a bit of – like, it's kind of cool again. Like, yeah. the cards was a huge thing during the pandemic. Like, people yes. – the baseball card market exploded. And I think people wanted, like, rookies from that year or whatever. And I think that helped. And I think there's some of the young players that are playing. It seems like there's a kind of new wave. And I know the style, right? It's, like, it's almost, like, more for kids. Like, just a ton of home runs, a ton of strikeouts, you know. Um, but the actual kind of like nine inning game, I think is suffering a bit um, for sure. Kind of what I've, what for I've sure. Read. Well, and that also happens over the past like 15 years, uh, 
with baseball is like it more and more becomes the game of the pitcher. And if a pitcher is controlling the game the entire time, it's just going to be a little bit more boring. That's yeah. just, that's just, there's going to be less runs scored. And this year there's been a lot of runs scored. A lot of teams are just like destroying. Like today we're talking about the Cubs. They they got whacked by the Brewers like 12 to one. You know, a lot of teams are just kind of exploding uh, again and have good bats. So that that's exciting to, to see that happen again. But then there's also been a ton of like, like uh, perfect games and yes. no hitters this year. And stuff yes. Like that. So it's like, yeah. They're, yeah. The past it's like kind of an years, all or nothing, you know, type thing. Which, pit, pit, pitching is king. Yeah, pitching I think most king. people would blame like the analytic community on that. It's like, it's like, you know, swing to the yes. fences or nothing, you know, it's like, like the home runs are king and all that stuff. And so I, you know, I get that like, there's something in between. I mean, this is happening in basketball too. It's like, it's all threes or layups. It's all threes or layups. Yeah. The mid range is dead. It's like, that's not really true. Like there still is a place for all that stuff, but uh, we should kind of like move more towards like an analytic mindset, which I think is what baseball seems to be doing. For um, sure. But with that, let's get into this game a little bit more. Uh, the video that we watched is the broadcast from the Fox from the main kind of uh, station with Tom Brenneman, Steve Lyons, and Al Leiter on the call. Yes. Um, They're fine. You know, I, we'll get into Tom Brenneman later. He obviously had some, Yikes. Uh, a major uh, cancellation last year uh, with some, some homophobic, um, what should I say? <laughs> Comments, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in a game uh, when he was uh, broadcasting for the Cincinnati Reds. But uh, we mentioned Mark Pryor and Carl Verano as the starting pitchers uh, for the Chicago Cubs. And the rest of the starting lineup was Paul Bacco uh, was the catcher for the Cubs. Randall Simon at first base. Mark Rizalonic at second. Alex Gonzalez at short. Aramis Maria's at thir- Ramirez at third. Moises Alou in left. Kenny Lofton in center. And Sammy Sosa in right. Mm. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty awesome good team. Of players, shout, so, yeah. out, shout out to um, Brandon and Alex Lewis, who were our neighbors and, and definitely were a huge impact on us watching baseball because they both played for sure here at McAllister Park in San Antonio, a, a very famous park around the city, and even famous uh, if you're a big Little League fan because they've they have gone, made the Little League World they've, Series. They've before, gone yes. the distance, yes. yeah, uh, and they, they both were very talented baseball players and definitely going to their games and just kind of hanging out with them. It just rubs off. It just rubs well, off. Well, and they moved here from Chicago and they were Cubs fans. Ex- yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. So I was going to bring up. Uh, yeah. Definitely big Cubs fans. I remember them pulling for this team very hard, and I was definitely Team Marlins. And it was kind of like it, it was fun going to their house yeah. to watch games because they lived just across the street from us. Uh, so th- those are really good times. And I think when they moved away from our neighborhood, baseball moved too. <laughs> I yeah, it seems like it. it was all about the same time. They're like yeah, it's like that that oh eight oh nine season is when I first started following the club soccer game, and it's like that's right is the time I kind of dropped off from the baseball yeah. thing. So it's like it kind of makes sense. But uh, Marlins Marlins starting lineup was Pudge Rodriguez catching, Derek Lee at first, Luis Castillo at second, Alex Gonzalez at short, the other Alex Gonzalez. So yeah. both uh, teams short have an Alex Gonzalez playing short. Mike Lowell at third, Jeff Conan in left, Juan Pierre in center, and Miguel Cabrera in right. A very young Miguel Cabrera, twenty years old. Yeah, um, and obviously he's gone on to have you know Hall of Fame career, incredible player. But um, yeah, really young at this point. Uh, Pryor uh, opened on the mounds and got Pierre to pop up for the first out of the game. Pryor, Pryor, as we mentioned earlier, works pretty quickly, which makes the game much more enjoyable. Runners on first and third. Derek Lee strikes out to end the top of the first. Kenny Lofton then leads off for Chicago with a base hit to start the bottom of the first. Um, Small ball early as Mark Rizalonic bunts to advance Lofton. I I just don't think you'd see a bunt on the second at bat of the game. There's a lot of bunts in this game. That just wouldn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Advances Lofton. Sosa was up there for Chicago. He had a double down the right field line to score Lofton for the first run of the game. So it was 1 0 Chicago. Um, Ramirez and Simon then both flew out to end the inning, so it was one nothing at the end of the first. At the end of the first inning, second inning went mostly uh, without incident. Same to the third, despite Pierre getting on base. Um, no runs again in the fourth for either team as Papano really started to settle in for the Marlins. Pierre got on base again in the top of, in the, top of the fifth, but was caught stealing by Baco. Uh, ah, that might have been a big play there. It was. There. Yeah, Juan Pierre. Uh, they also made the comment that uh, uh, he, he attempted four to steal four bases throughout the series and was only successful on one. Yeah. This, Crazy because one, guys yeah, yeah, one yeah. Pierre was an absolute freak at this time in his career. Yeah. 
Um, Gonzalez then made a nice catch down the left field line to end the fifth inning and take us to the midway point of the game. Uh, Pryor was excellent in that sixth inning, striking out Rodriguez and Cabrera and then mm. getting Derek Lee to fly out. In the bottom of the sixth, Sosa gets on again, a loose singles, and then Ramirez hits into a double play with Sosa moving to third base. Eric Carros came on for Simon to hit as Dontrell Willis came in for Pavano. A Willis wild pitch on the uh, fourth ball there uh, to, to Carros allowed Sosa to score. So it was 2 nothing Cubs. Willis then got at the ending on the next at-bat. Uh, at this point, prior Mark Pryor is like completely just like on fire. Uh, he gets four to go one, two, three in the seventh inning, six outs away for the Cubs. Um, do you remember who sang the seventh inning stretch song? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> do. Other than... One of the one of the best moments of this entire game is is Mr. Bernie Mac. Uh, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, singing uh, very enthusiastically. He's he's loving it. Yes. Little does he know eating it up. Yes. Little does he know what's around the corner in the eighth inning. But uh, that was a really cool moment. Uh, yeah, obviously. That was so- the only time I, I watched a lot of this game uh, with my fiance Brianna. That was the only time she looked up. <laughs> it was Bernie Mac. What, is that Bernie Mac? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Seriously, probably one of the funniest people like ever. Like I, yeah. Bernie Mac is just, everything he does is so funny. To and me, the so. Bernie Mac show is is so underrated. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the in the great you know scheme of things, I I, I love that show. And he, come on, he America. Is, he, yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> uh, top of the eighth inning, Baco singles, and then Pryor moves him into scoring position. Uh, Chad Fox came in for Dontrell Willis and Grizzlonic had an RBI single on the first pitch of that at bat to score Baco. So three, nothing Cubs. Uh, Sosa then singled to right with runners at the corners. Alou flew out to end the inning. Mm. So here we are bottom of the eighth. I'm sorry. Top of the eighth. Yes. Um, Prior stays in to start the eighth and got Mike Mordecai to fly out. The Cubs were now five outs away from the world series. So nobody on one out. Um, and here is where disaster strikes for the Cubs. So leading yeah. into this, leading into this moment, I want to talk about the broadcast. They start talking about like, the team in 1908 and curses yeah. and things being broken. It's like, you kind of feel the tide shifting, but it's also like, if I'm a coach fan, I'd be like, stop bringing that up. Like just shut just up. Just let the game happen yes. and just see, see what happens. This is the 2003 Cubs. Um, yeah. Obviously watching this in hindsight, we know what's about to happen. Um, we knew that it was five outs away, but like watching the game up to that point, like it really did feel, it's like, man, how in the world did the Cubs lose this game? Like they're just, they're just rolling. It's just like oh, so easy. I mean, yeah. some of these innings just fly by. You're, th- you've, you're thinking a prior is going to, Pitch of the complete game here. Yeah. He's just destroying them. Like he's having having his way. He gets out of any little rut he gets in. He just gets out with ease and looks really smooth. Uh, <laughs> and then well. it, and then it's a full count. <laughs> then it's a full count. And then and then you get a foul ball. Uh, so okay, yeah. So Luis Castillo, is who comes up next for the Marlins, gets into a full count. And it's great at bat. He keeps fouling stuff off. Yeah, and he just you know, keeps it alive. Yeah, and you think because um, you know it's coming, and you're like, oh like, my god, Luis Castillo is up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the full count. Uh, he fouls to the left uh, down the left field line, and it looks like a Lou. It's right against the wall. It looks like a Lou is going to be able to make the catch, but a couple of fans interfered, and a Lou. Uh, is furious. Obviously, the ball bounces into the stands, just normal foul ball. So Castillo still up with a full count. Could have been the second out of the inning. Would have changed the whole dynamic of the inning, obviously. And this is the infamous Steve Bartman play, obviously. We know who Steve Bartman is at the time. We did not then um, as it's happening, but at the time, we now know who he is. And, you know, he's yes. an infamy, unfortunately. Um, thanks to, uh, to me, what the broadcasters do after the play. The camera lingers on him for forever. They call him a kid a couple times. They keep going back. And they keep going back and showing him. And they're like, uh, and one guy just goes, why? Why would you reach for the ball? It's like, okay, like a foul ball is going to do in a game. Like, you're not just going to, oh, I got to back up because maybe Moises Alou is going to make a play on it. Like, I don't know. I thought the broadcasters did a terrible job of, like, kind of protecting that guy. You know, it's like, I mean, I know we know what happens to him afterwards. And, you know, he gets obviously tons of death threats and his life is just completely changed. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a totally different life that he has to live after this. But, I don't know. I just thought like they could have done that much better. And like, I don't know. Do we need to keep showing him? Do we need to kind of like keep harping on it? It just seemed like a little over the top to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you wish you had the uh, local guy that was on post game talking about how this guy's going to be villainized when yes. all, all of us would have reached for the ball. Yes. And like You're kidding yourself. If you yeah. Think that you would back away. Yeah. At a, at a Cubs Marlins game six, 
I mean, even if it was Cubs Marlins, you know, regular season, like you're going to reach for the ball. And Moise Salou, it was going to catch the ball. Yes. hundred percent. There's no. No, he, he, yeah, he hasn't lined up perfectly. Yeah, he really there's, does. There's yeah. no questions about it. And Moise Salou, great player, you know, uh, about to make a huge play. One of the biggest plays of his career to get, get two outs. But it's, it's, it's a combination of that. And then what happens in the next play? You know, you can't you can't look at one kind of a foul ball that was out of play that would have kept the count going yeah. for Luis Castillo. Maybe he strikes out the next pitch. Yeah, but the next play is avoidable. Is one hundred percent avoidable by well, your by your own team. So if it was, something happens bi- in between, the next yeah. big play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Pudge comes up. Uh, so Castillo eventually walks right. So he gets on. Uh, Pudge then comes up and singles to the left, scoring Pierre to make it three one. Yes. So Cabrera comes up next. Um, and he had a ball straight at Alex Gonzalez, but he bobbled it, getting a, out of his glove. It could have been a double play. I mean, really, yeah, really exactly. at least got in the first out. Yeah, yeah, at least got in the first out. Could have been a double play. He bobbles it, getting out of his glove. Uh, bases are loaded all of a sudden. Yep. Derek Lee up next. He hits a double to left to make it 3-3. And honestly, in like 90 seconds, the game is just completely changed. It yeah. goes from 3-0 to 3-3. Like, it's just yeah. crazy. And it's way. a shame that the foul ball that isn't caught by Moise Salou is the one that's more remembered than the the error. The Gonzalez error, yeah. The Gonzalez error yeah. on that just shitty hit from Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, just straight <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Terrible. Miguel Cabrera gets a huge break. The Marlins get a huge break, and they take advantage of it. So at this point, Pryor finally exits. Kyle Farnsworth replacing him. Mike Lowell then intentionally walks to load the bases, uh, and then Jeff Conine hit a sack fly to score Cabrera. So it's 4-3 now. Hollinsworth was walked, and then Mordecai tripled off of the Ivy Wall to score three more. So now it's 7-3. <laughs> Uh, Pierre then singles to make it 8-3, and then Castillo pops out to finally end the inning. So Castillo, I love that the guy that started the whole thing with the foul comes ball back. doesn't get caught. He comes back up and finally uh, pops out, ends the inning. Cubs go 1-2-3 in the eighth. Um, the ninth inning goes by without really any incidents, and the Marlins incredibly force a game seven. So it's like, I mean, just just like that. The fan reaction shots are priceless in the game. Eight, first of all, it goes completely silent after the eighth inning. Yeah, it's like another 45 minutes of yes. them just, just sitting just in sitting, agony. There's so many yeah. shots of fans just like, you know, head in the hands and pulling their hat down. And, you know, Beanie's just kind of like leaning on each other. It's it's crazy how, like, just dejected the entire fan base is. And, and they know it. They feel like, okay, that was that was the chance. You know what I mean? That was the chance. And we yeah. got it and just totally blew it. Yeah, and they're, they're in, the, in this series, they're up 3-1. And they, so, they, obviously, they lose three games in a row. And when you're in the middle of that, the first one you can kind of swallow. It's like, all right, whatever, it's 3-2. But that's game six, that famous game six. We've seen it happen multiple times where teams coming back down 3-1. It's like, all right, yeah, we have to win this. Because in a game seven, you don't know. Like, you can't. You can't control a game seven. I think we saw that just recently in 2016 with the Cavs and Warriors. Like For sure. the Cavs are like, let's just fight through to get that seven. And, and both teams knows. will play crazy. You know, it'll both be, you know, both teams will be kind of sloppy. And that can happen in a game seven. So you you know, even though we're at home coming back, it's it just it just doesn't look good after no. after being up three zero <laughs> and just in cruise control, Mark Pryor. To losing eight three off of one inning is well, and this is where you start to obviously you, you add in all this like, well, the curse and all that stuff. And I think Dusty Baker, we watched a little bit of the uh, post game interview, with yeah. Him, and um, I just thought it was really poor from him to talk about the fan so much in the post game. I thought that was ridiculous. He and call him a Marlins fan, yes, yeah, that's tough. Like, oh, you should be Marlins, fan. that's yeah. tough, yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, this this whole incident now in 2021 would just look way totally way different, different. Yeah. people would be protecting him on twitter yes and attacking him on twitter at the same time before we could even yeah. blink there so. would be yeah and there'd be like this like backlash to 
like you know calling him out and then a backlash to that backlash and then like exactly oh, this whole like yeah. cycle and then all of a sudden it's like and in the end he'd be like on the cover of sports illustrated as like a hero you know what i mean like even though it's like it probably should have just been nothing yes like, we do this whole like let's let's like kill someone and then it's like oh no actually we should just like raise them up it's like no he didn't he didn't make a mistake it's okay like yeah but it shouldn't have been crucified is the point like we, we all probably like nine yeah, out of ten yes. yeah nine out of ten people yes. are getting up to like reach for the ball like what yeah. should have happened is like life should have just gone on like we should have done anything about it it's yeah. just like oh that's just like a Alex Gonzalez should have gotten that ball <laughs> yes. and gotten the double play. <laughs> but we unfortunately we have to like do that as humans. We have to like either praise or crucify. It's like we can't just just like move on to the next. It can't just stuff. be a thing that happens. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just and but it sucks for him. I mean, obviously anybody who has not seen the um, Thirty for Thirty doc, Catching Hell is the title. It's all about him and, and scapegoating in general is really really worth your time. So that's on you know, ESPN Plus. If anybody wants to watch that, for sure. Um, we weren't going to go over that too much here, but that's that it obviously talks about this moment in the game and everything that happened in his life afterwards. And honestly, he had to live a completely different life i mean just a totally different life he's just like this innocent guy he's there by himself just a single guy really wanted to see his team win he's wearing headphones because he's listening to the game and like, yeah. he's just obsessed with the cubs and it's just like it's such a sad like yeah. moment that this guy has to change his entire life because like we as humans are just like so stupid it can't just be like oh yeah like that sucks like shame that he you know interfered but like okay let's just move on with our life you know we well, just can't do that yeah just just the fact that right now i don't know anybody else's name that was in that area we only know Steve Barton's name. Right. Even though there's another guy who gets just as close to touching yeah. it. And it's like probably just as much. And another guy who gets the ball. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a whole deal with the ball. Remember they had that like explosion thing. Yeah. Like, blew up the ball at one point, like at some auction. Yeah. It's like uh. just this ri- ridiculous, you know, tale that this, that this game had. But this is why we wanted to do it because it is worth talking about, you know. And the Cubs don't win until uh, 13 years later. Yeah. Didn't win the series. Finally. And it takes a bunch of things that go right there to yeah. win 2016. So obviously there's that rain delay in game seven. That's yes. a crazy series. That may be one we we do at some point but for sure um i remember we were living together in st louis at the time when that happened so yes that was that was pretty wild but um let's go ahead and get to the categories okay so it's time to talk about the categories and for people who uh, maybe this is their first episode that is the uh, strategic trend that stood out the random observation from the broadcast which jersey would we get of anybody that played in this game did the right team win and then the mvp of the game um so let's start with the strategic t- trend that stood out I don't know much as much about baseball as I do about basketball and soccer. So this category is slightly harder this time, but I'll give it a try. Uh, it seems like both teams played a little bit more small ball than teams play in the modern game. Like we talked about that second at bat was a bunt uh, to move Juan Pierre forward. Um, or I'm sorry, uh, Kenny Lofton forward and for the for the Cubs. And I think that probably is not something that would happen today. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say when I'm not like an expert on baseball anymore, but it does seem like the game um, looks slightly uh, different. And there definitely is more small ball. There's not a home run hit in this game. It's like I can't really imagine a baseball game we played today where there's not a home run hit. Yeah. That probably happens very, very rarely. So those things that stood out to me immediately. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the like Joey Gallows, these giant, huge dudes now, you know, the Bryce Harpers, those that's like very coveted. You want that. You know, that's some, something you want for your team, like sluggers. But I, I prefer watching these guys who just put it into play. You know, I, that's, that's my favorite kind of batter is someone like Kenny Lofton. Uh, for, for me, the – the thing that stood out just from watching more now current baseball, they have these huge things they put on their hands now whenever they go get to first base for, for sliding. And it's this, it, it kind of represents to me, the game has moved much into like a safer, you know, safer route. And there is something kind of, there's something kind of charming about this era of baseball and older baseball when it was kind of a little bit more gritty. Yeah. A little bit more like you Moise know, Lou doesn't wear batting gloves. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. You had huge batters. I mean, at that time, Vladimir Guerrero, very famous for just chalk, like putting chalk on it. Yeah. And, like I'll just go out there and hit. Like I'll take the blisters with it. Yeah, there's that's just doesn't happen <laughs> today. More guys are. You look at Sammy Sosa, the way he's kind of like dressed in this game. That's how guys are now. Like, gloves, 
sleeves everywhere, arm, you know, different yep. accessories like loaded up after every swing, like touching everything up. Yeah. That that's that's something that I don't really I don't have a serious opinion on, but I do there's something charming about a little bit older baseball. Yeah, sure. I, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, you just like rub some dirt on it type attitude. And and it, it, I think it adds to the the speed of it. Speed of the game. There's not so much like, oh, what, you know, what's going on? Like, we need to make sure everybody's okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. hate to sound like a kind of, kind of a dick, but I, I there there's something charming about it. And I, I noticed that, especially when you're when you're a kid and you're watching these guys, they just seem like such like masculine like freaks. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, it, I I like that too. It definitely just felt like a little bit different era, but it was also like, you know, we talked about watching this broadcast. The commercials seem oh. so much older than the game because oh. the game of baseball, like if you watch now, like you know, the cameras maybe a slightly different. Obviously, you know, it's it's a higher quality. This game was not really in HD. It was like it felt it felt like maybe a VHS transfer is kind of what we watched. Definitely, um, it's not terrible, but it was it was just not, it was clearly not like a modern HD thing. Um, but I think that that the commercials felt older than the baseball game itself because baseball doesn't change that dramatically. You know what I mean? I no. think there are strategic things. I think maybe a baseball expert would probably disagree with us, but um, but the, the look of it at least, you know, maybe the strategy changes, but the look of baseball looks so similar. I mean, the, the uniforms look very similar. Well, but, you the know, stadium is like the 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 diamond. That stuff like doesn't change. Yeah. The NBA has changed to adding a three point line, yeah. moving it back. You know, doing different things. That's huge to. Yeah. what you do on the court and the outcome of the game. Whereas baseball doesn't, yeah. And football obviously has gone through so many changes throughout its history. Uh, but but again, that field has pretty much like been the same. Within the lines, it's pretty much the same idea. It just, there, there's little things within. But yeah, but basketball is, to me, the one that's changed the most just by evolution. Evolution of these players are like... And the rules. and Holy yeah. hell, you know? You can't have, you know, a bunch of six foot ten guys and not have a three-point line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just won't work for spacing, so... Glad they did that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay, random observation from the broadcast. Do you have anything for this? Oh, man. I mean, yeah. some of the commercials, obviously. You won't probably yeah. watch more than I did. I did. I, oh, yeah, one commercial I will shout out before I do something serious is there was a KFC one. <laughs> and at this time, I, I, I was eight years old, and going to KFC was definitely like, like a treat. I, I loved that place as a kid because typically they're connected with the Taco Bell, you know, uh, and if you – I don't know if that's just in the South. I feel like I've seen that in other areas of the country yeah, as well. yeah. Uh, and they're they're also with Pizza Hut, I think, or A and W. You know, there's like yeah, there's like Long John Silver's, yeah. Those, yeah. But there was there was one that we went to a lot, the KFC Taco Bell that we went to a lot, two eighty one sixteen oh four, here in San Antonio. And I would get the kids meal, and it was like a laptop. You like you opened it yeah, up, and it, yeah. had, it had little things on the front, and there was a commercial for it. And the mom, <laughs> the mom, like the two kids in the back seat, like won't shut up, so she buys them these KFC laptops. And I thought. Did my mom just want to shut me up? <laughs> you know, did my mom just want you know want me to be quiet? Maybe it's I think very she just likes KFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Uh, but seriously, from the game, we, we we mentioned it earlier. The the lack of seeing ahead and understanding the the weight of the situation to keep panning to Bartman, keep panning to him, keep talking about him, and too. keep talking about him and saying stuff like, "Oh." he's not going to get out of here safe yeah it's like just, they're like joking not, about it's it. not yeah. funny like this isn't funny in the moment you should know oh man and then again shout out to the post game guy the like local chicago guy is talking about like he should get a new hat new glasses new sweatshirt like and escort yeah. him out of here yeah like get him home safely and i feel like that's exactly what would happen today if something like this the weight of this game happened you know in a, a world series or an nlcs or alcs game six I feel like it would be 
addressed right away. And this just they just let it linger for. Yeah, for, I don't think they would keep showing him either. No, I, yeah, the camera. There's no would. way. There's no way. And there's no way the commentators would have the, the. I don't even know what word to use. The balls to just like keep calling him out. Yeah, calling him kid and saying this and that when there's five other people that reached right around him is it, it really you have to put a little bit of blame on them for creating the Steve Bartman kind of yes you know idea. He, yeah. yeah, he cost us the game. It's the same. Like I I can't stand when people are just like oh like. Like, I blame the refs, you know, like, oh, we lost because of the refs. So, like, oh, it was eight against five tonight, you know, with the refs. Like, well, coaches I've coached against, or, you know, you'll see it. And, you know, I mean, Dean Tony is bad about this, right? When he was coaching the Rockets, it's yeah. like, Doc Rivers. They talk yeah. about the refs so much. It's like, not, like, your team still have chances to make plays, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, there's times where refs can kind of influence a game one way or the other, like a little bit more than the other. But it's like, you're really going to blame, like, what a lazy, just, like, I don't want to talk about the actual game or, like, what my players did or the mistakes they made or the good plays they made. It's just, oh, it's just the refs. It's like, no, come on. Like, it's the same It's the same style. It's like, that's why the, even that guy, that, that that local guy, I wish we we could see his name. but He looks like guy, Jeremy Roenick. He says, <laughs> he says, he was like, that's not what cost him the game. He said no. what cost him the game was the error. They had plenty of chances after that to get out of the inning, and they just didn't do it. And Dusty Baker also was like, no, nah, like, this has nothing to do with some curse. Yeah. You know, he, he was very adamant about, like, look, their bats started hitting. He yeah. made a couple of mistakes. Baseball that, but yeah, yeah. The, the only thing that I didn't like that he said was like, oh, it must have been a Marlins fan. Yeah, yeah. and he kind of talks about it for a while. He's like, you know, obviously if that play's made, you know, then we can kind of, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we get it, but like yeah. there's no need to kind of harp on that. But yep. yeah, those are the things from the broadcast I thought. Um, but well, it's, also, it, it's hard to think about anything else. When that happens, you kind of forget the previous seven innings. You're yes. like, oh my gosh, all yeah. this stuff happens and they score eight runs. I, w- I will say, the, the game definitely changes after that, but it's like, it may have been changing anyway. We don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. You know, we just, it's just easy to assign blame. It's, people want to assign blame to everything so badly, you know? Um, so we just we just do it. But uh, Bernie Mac, I did notice he changed the the words in his his uh, seventh inning stretch, the taking out to the ballgame song, to home of the champs instead of yeah. home of the Cubs. Yeah. Man, tempting fate there. That, yeah. was, that was interesting. He, he said champs about 30 times yes. <laughs> when he had the mic. It's like, little did he know that an inning later yeah. it all changed. But yeah. They, they really thought they were going to win the pennant right there. Uh they're just, you know, like six outs away from, yeah, from going. And it just, yeah, it's really wild. It's, it's really just a collapse. Uh, and Alex Gonzalez, Alex Gonzalez, if anybody's gonna be blamed, is, is the guy to kind of look at. Yeah, that's the biggest play. The you game. have yeah. to make that play for sure. Um, okay, which jersey would you get of anybody playing? Oh, this game? is this is easy. Uh, I much preferred the Marlins. Uh, at the Your time, black jerseys, those are awesome. Yeah, yeah, the black the black jerseys. I, I I love the hats. I would want a hat more than anything. Uh, but Dontre Willis. Uh, D train number 35. It's a really, really clean Jersey. I want it then I want it now. <laughs> he's, he's the man. Uh, he, he carried himself with a, with kind of a, like a swagger that baseball just is not used to, just not used to at all. Uh, him and Juan Pierre would kind of tilt their hats to the side. And it was a, it was kind of like a shout out to, you know, homage to the, the, the rap culture and what was going on in the early two, early two thousands. And I think he personified like what it was all about. And he, he just kind of always had a positive attitude, even after he doesn't do so hot in this game. He, he has a couple of real nice pitches, but he also yeah. gets a little out of control. That's the wild pitch. Gives, yeah. gives up yeah. the air, yeah. Uh, which yeah, Pudge is great in this game, so that that's hard to hard to believe. But he, after he goes out, and when they're on the run and they're doing things, he's like going nuts in, in the dugout. And I, I love a guy like that. I love a guy who can pitch just an inning or two or or a few and just be that involved and. The thirty-five helps too. I love. And he was legitimately a good player. It was. Like oh yeah, no, he had he had a yeah. great season. Yeah. Great season. Uh, uh, Josh Beckett too. He doesn't obviously doesn't appear in this game we're talking about. Yeah. But he's their best pitcher. I mean, he's unbelievable. Gets the World Series MVP. Uh, wins two games in this series. He's just an absolute freak. So uh, 
definitely their best. But if I'm going to get a jersey for personal reasons, yeah, Dontre Willis, he was. I would go. He was awesome. Miguel Cabrera or Pudge. Uh, oh, Marlins. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. either one of those, I, I would be really happy with. I, I do have a, I have a Cubs uh, Alfonso Soriano jersey from later. He obviously played for them. Yeah. Later. So what about Cubs? Which guy would you get? I mean, Pryor would be cool. I mean, Mark Pryor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Moiselu would be funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I should like throw my glove. Yeah. Anytime I... <laughs> Any of the outfielders, uh, Sammy Sosa, Kenny Lofton, Moiselu, yeah. those guys are awesome. Uh, Aramis Ramirez is awesome. Uh, back to the Marlins. Mike Lowell is awesome. Luis Castillo would be a cool jersey. Juan Pierre. Yeah. It, I'll, I'll take anybody. There's really. quite a few. Yeah. There's quite a few good ones. Okay. Did the right team win? I mean, you kind of have to say yes. I mean, in the end, based on how. Like, I mean, you could call it like a, a Cubs collapse, but it's like, but the Marlins make that stuff happen, right? Like they're actually the ones that kind of get, you know, get their bat on balls and actually make plays happen. So I don't know. I, I would say, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's eight to three. It's hard to, you know, it's hard yeah, to, this is I, tough. I'm sure Cubs fan would argue with us. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, in context, you know, if you're just looking at just this game, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Marlins won. They took advantage of uh, one, you know, fan interference slash foul ball, whatever you want to call it. And then a major, major error. And they're really, and they managed to get there just down 3-0 enough to be able to, hey, we can get back in this game if we get a little, you know, some things going. And that's when you like, you have to give credit to Carl Pavano for kind of getting them there. Hey, I kept it manageable. If you guys have one inning where it's successful, we can win this game. And that's what they do. But in context with the whole, with everything going on in the playoffs, I mean, the Cubs are the better team in the regular season. The Cubs are up 3-1 in this series. Well, the, the Nationals, uh, the Marlins actually had a better record. Marlins yeah, yeah Marlins were just the they were the wild they were the wild card because yeah. the Braves won like 101 games. But yeah, but the Marlins yeah. actually won 91 games to the Cubs 88 in the regular season. Yeah, so they're so, they're about dead yeah. even. Yeah, on, on record. Uh, I yeah, I know the Marlins were the four seed uh, going into this because because they were the wild card. Yeah, because the, the weird baseball rules and because the Braves yeah. were just amazing. Uh, and and with that being said, you know you you're like I I don't know if the better team won. They're pretty much even. Cubs are up three one, but. They win three games in a row, two of those at Wrigley, yeah. uh, the Marlins. So it's really tough to kind of, as a whole, and then you go further, and the Yankees were definitely the better team. <laughs> the Yankees are absolutely loaded. They win also 100 games that year and definitely should have been the World Series champs just on paper from everything they did this season and throughout the playoffs being the Red Sox. But, uh, but I mean, that's just not how sports work. Yeah, so obviously, for people who don't know, the Marlins do go on to win Game Seven, nine to six in Chicago. Yeah, um, well, and, and it's actually like I was reading about it. Apparently, a great game. Yeah, and yeah. it gets overshadowed by lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. lost to history. Nine to six, like that's an awesome Game Seven. Kerry Wood starting for the Cubs. Yeah, I, I want to watch that. And then uh, the Marlins go on to beat the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, yeah, and the Yankees. That's that may be a game. The, the Game Seven, the Aaron Boone home run. That may be one that we have to do. Oh, in the AL. Yeah. Yes, oh the my ALCS gosh. Over yeah. the Red Sox when they leave Pedro in. Yeah, that might be one that we have to do at some point too. So yeah, crazy playoffs. I mean, at one point it looked like the Cubs and Red Sox were going to be playing in the World Series. They were both just two innings away from making it to the World Series. Yes, would have broken long streets. Obviously, the Red Sox go on to do that the following season in 2004. Yeah, uh, dramatically coming back from 3-0 down to the Yankees in the ALCS and then winning the World Series over the Cardinals. But um, it was very close to being Cubs and Cardinals in the World Series, which would have been one of them obviously breaking the streak, uh, incredibly long streak. And the Cubs finally did so in in 2016. So neither of them have the long streak now, but. Um, yeah, the time, since then the Red Sox have done just fine. Yes, yeah, they're, yeah, they've been <laughs> yeah. pretty much the best team in baseball. You know, if you take that that fifteen year chunk, you know, like yeah. three to like twenty eighteen, yeah, pretty much the best team in baseball. Uh, so pretty cool. But yeah, so that's kind of what happened after this. But uh, but yeah, that's the game, and that is the uh, categories except for MVP of the game. So who'd you give it to? Oh, this is really tough. This is really tough. Through seven innings, it's a hundred percent Mark Pryor. Definitely. Uh, but then you you look at oh he kind of the door kind of goes gets opened by him. And he got tired. You could tell he got tired. Yeah, he throws like 120 something pitches, yeah. and like 80 of them are strikes. And he he's 
just gunning it. And he's 23 years old at this time. So you're just, he's just kind of like perfect for built for this kind of game. You can tell he like, like kind of feeds off the pressure. Uh, but, but with that like little slip up, it, it makes me kind of look at other people. And I, I think for the Cubs, Sammy Sosa was like awesome in this game. Uh, obviously does a good job of feeling fielding, but he, he bats great in this game. Yeah. Three for four for Sosa. And then you gotta look at Juan Pierre for the Marlins. So Juan Pierre is mine. Yeah. Yeah. Juan Pierre makes some huge plays, makes some huge hits. And if he steals that base, he's a hundred percent the MVP of the game. Yeah. Uh, if he would have stolen that base earlier, but he, he really keeps them in it. And that Derek Lee hit obviously keeps him in it. Pudge is awesome in this game. Uh, it's really a collective effort from, from the Marlins, but I think Juan Pierre is probably their best batter. In this yeah, game, he goes and, three for five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Sammy Sosa is the best batter for the Cubs, but but Mark Pryor's awesome through most of this game, and I would have left him in. I just would have let him just deal with it, see if he can get out of it, just yeah. figure it out. I like, think it's just, it was just panic time. I mean, it was like that happened so quickly. It's like oh, we just got to like change. And they go to Farnsworth, and he yeah. does worse. And then they go, yeah, and they, yeah. They, well, and they walk. I mean, yeah, the decision to walk. I get it. You have a play at every base, but they walk two guys to load the bases, and that ends up costing them obviously an extra run in, in those two cases. And so I, I don't know, like. Yeah, Baker definitely could take some of the blame for how this played out for sure. Tough. Um, yeah, it's tough. But yeah. hey, that's sports. You know yeah, the strategy yeah. of baseball in, in that late game scenario where it's like, uh, yeah, you you do want runners on all bases in this particular situation, but you're also skipping some batters that aren't as good for other batters in the Marlins lineup that are awesome. Yeah. So it's really tough. It's a really, really, really tough job for Dusty Baker to make the call to take Pryor out and, and do what he did. But geez, yeah. Pr- Pryor is unbelievable. If you want to watch a pitching clinic for seven innings, watch this game yeah. he's awesome pretty good and working quickly too so that was yeah. that was really nice yeah this is a fun watch for anybody who you know maybe wants to go watch this entire game and not just see the bartman incident uh it's really worth it if you like baseball at all i think it really is a fun game to watch and just fast forward the commercials and it takes you i mean i finished it in probably less than two hours honestly yeah um finish the game if you're fast forwarding commercials so really enjoyed it um you got anything else on this game no youtube youtube yeah just keep keep watching games there's a lot of Full sports games on there. Someone, someone had a YouTube comment. I can't. I think it was from this game. There was something I was watching on YouTube the other day, and they their comment was, "YouTube is the closest we'll ever get to actually having a time machine." And I think that's a really good comment. And I feel that way too. It's like I actually feel like I'm going back in time, and like I can remember where I was and all that stuff. Um, I really, really like that. It's such like a great learning tool. Uh, but next week we will do. Uh, we haven't decided which sport yet, but it'll definitely be a different sport. We're going to kind of jump around and try to get to a bunch of different sports. And I think think of the rhythm as kind of like a you know a baseball a bas or a baseball basketball soccer other sport basketball soccer other sport basketball you know what i mean you kind of just go like that so yeah um, we'll kind of you know spread it out a little bit but obviously the focus will will remain on basketball and soccer because that's kind of our expertise but uh thanks for listening and hope you guys listen next time to the vintage mattress podcast peace